Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah, everything country, 101.3 KFDI. 5.15 Thursday, is it just me or has this been just the longest week ever? I don't know what it is, I know it's, I think it's winter, the only time I ever have these feelings is when it's like, gosh, feels like it should be Saturday, but it's not, it's Thursday. We can do this, Friday Eve, the pre starts today at noon, cloudy in 24, snow never really happened. Here in the Wichita area, other parts of Kansas it did, but uh, sorry kids, you got school. So there's that. 24 in clouds right now, heading for 30. Not going to really feel like that at all, thanks to the wind. Only supposed to get a high of like, I don't know, 32 today. So if you got any light snow falling right now, it's, it's going to be done. It's going to be done. Right now it feels like 12. Whew. That's chilly. So, going to get scary today. Steve Shippey, friend of the show, uh, TV personality, paranormal expert. Going to talk about uh, one of the, arguably one of the most uh, active and scary paranormal cases in the country. Do that around 7.10. Around 6.45, Country Blender again for Stampede. Tickets get you off to see Stampede in Topeka. Cody Johnson, Lee Bryce, Hardy. Great show that's going to be. And I'm going to ask you about what you do in the bedroom. It's not it's not it's it's not that. But there is a I I have a I have a question. So, this is going to be fun. Talk text anytime. Let me know what's going on. Just say good morning, whatever. 844-436-1013. Let's go. How fast can you run? You escape. Beat the Bobcat on KFDI. Hello, Lucas. Hello? Lucas, you are from Wichita. You like to hunt and fish. You're single. you got a puppy dog. And for a job, uh, you work commercial maintenance. Yes? Yes. All right. Excellent. So you got a busy life. I want to get you back to it. It's time to beat the Bobcat. To do it, I'm going to give you a category. I'm going to yell, run. You're going to take off running as fast as you can. Give me 10 things in 20 seconds. Do it. And you get the $25 gift card to Fuzzy's Taco Shop. Okay? All right, Lucas, we're going to go uh, relive your childhood a little bit here. In uh, in 20 seconds, name 10 cartoon characters. Ready? Run! Bob Jaws, Patrick, Sandy, Pointed, Mr. Krabs, Mighty uh, McQueen, Scooby-Doo, Fred, Velma, Shaggy. Dude, you smashed it. You played that so well. You know, you just ran down the list. And respect for starting with the SpongeBob characters, because, I mean, that was my jam a few years ago. Can't go wrong with SpongeBob, am I right? Nope. <laughs> all right, Lucas, congratulations. $25 gift card to Fuzzy's Taco Shop, all yours. Next chance to beat the Bobcat and be like Lucas, Thursday morning, 8.50 on Everything Country, 101.3 KFDI. Just want to tell you, I think that you're awesome. Everything is awesome. Bow, 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 bow. Everything is cool when you're part of the team. Everything is awesome when we live in our dream. What'd you do for Valentine's Day a couple days ago? If you and your person celebrated, how did you celebrate? Maybe, maybe, maybe you had an anniversary. An anniversary of a first date, anniversary of an engagement, a wedding anniversary. I had some friends on Facebook who had a wedding anniversary that day. Let's celebrate something that's really awesome. This wedding anniversary, 
of 72 years. A Long Island couple married for 72 years did something on Valentine's Day. They renewed their vows. That is, I mean, 72 years. So what's the secret? Morty is 93. Alice is 91. That sounds like it could be a TV show. Morty and Alice held their vowel renewal with family and friends on Valentine's Day in New York. Morty and Alice actually met on Valentine's Day at a party in their Bronx neighborhood in 1948. Tied the knot on February 4th, 1951. Couple has one son, two daughters, six grandchildren, nine great-grandchildren. So what's the secret? Alice said you need to make sure that your spouse is always your best friend. Morty said you need to make sure you are growing together and not apart during various challenges that life brings. That advice, a 72-year wedding anniversary, and renewing your vows on Valentine's Day. Morty and Alice, that's awesome. Just want to tell you, I think that you're awesome. That's, uh, if my identity gets stolen over the next couple of days, I have no one to blame but myself. Put myself in a couple of situations yesterday, and I usually never do this, but something came across my Twitter feed yesterday. A sale, a special deal on these little mini HD cameras that you can stick to the inside of your car to see, you know, as traffic cams and... And uh, you can put them around your house. They're magnetic. They can stick on the side of like your garage door or wherever. You can hide them. Um, and they were like 20 bucks each. Now, granted, I'm going to have to buy a little mini mini SD card. So I'm going to invest a little bit more money. But I thought that was a really great deal from a company I had never heard of. Seemed legit. Click, click, click. Information. Bought them. Bought three of them because I got like 20% off. I'm I At this point, I may never, ever get them. And my identity might be stolen, but I have nobody to blame but myself. And then yesterday afternoon, in another week moment, about an hour before the gym, I'm doing some some dinner prep. Doorbell rings, and this is dude, and he's got a badge and everything, and he's talking about you know selling internet. And and, and I'm not going to name the company. I'll just say that they've done a bunch of work around town laying down fiber optic cable. Uh, and I won't tell you who I'm currently with, but basically, long story short, dude talked me into giving me all or giving him all my information and signing up to have them come install fiber over the weekend. And as this transaction is going down, it first started with him needing all sorts of sensitive information, not just address, phone number, yada, yada, yada. But then when he asked for my social security number, I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, uh, I'm like, Anthony, dude, you're, this is, this has got some red flags to it. He's like, here, you go ahead and put it in. And I could, he gave me his device and I put it in and it gave a little asterisk. So you couldn't see the number. I don't know. I'm still very nervous about it. And I'm not alone. I know you've done this too. And I, what was the last thing you purchased that you weren't quite sure was legit, but you did it anyway? And today's Star Spangled Salute honors veteran Marcus Roethlisberger. During Operation Enduring Freedom, Marcus was in Afghanistan guarding a helicopter landing zone when it was hit with mortar fire. Marcus said he could hear it. You can hear the whistle. So your adrenaline is already through the roof and you're just waiting for the impact. Marcus said it after the blast, training kicked in. He came to, reported in, and thought he was fine. He would later discover he suffered a traumatic brain injury. Often traumatic brain injuries aren't evident right away. The PTSD, depression, and other symptoms come later. For those reasons, veterans like Marcus aren't necessarily considered for a Purple Heart immediately because the wounds aren't always visible. With the help of his congressman, Marcus spent 18 months working to receive the medal he believed he deserved, and the other day, he was awarded that Purple Heart. Show that medal with pride, Marcus. Thank you for your service. Story is over at KFDI.com. I'm not... Look, 
I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer sometimes, and I'm certainly not a tech expert, and I certainly don't belong in like research and development when creating tech, but new tech comes out, it seems like every month there's something new, a device, a wearable, whatever, that we've just got to have, right? Apple Watch. Amy has one. I used to have one. Maybe you have one. You know, they've just filed a patent for an Apple Watch that will have a camera. This, this I thought at first, was exciting news. Except when I looked at the patent, the camera is on the underneath of the watch body. Yeah, the part that's against your wrist. Probably, quite possibly, the darkest part of the whole... Again, why, why not put it on, on the top? Lights, camera, action. That's entertainment. One of Hollywood's original bombshells, Raquel Welch, who won a Golden Globe, appeared in over 30 films, 50 TV appearances, dead at the age of 82. Here comes a spoiler. If you missed the premiere of The Masked Singer, the gnome was revealed as a legend being called the greatest reveal ever. It was 97-year-old singer-dancer, actor Dick Van Dyke. This seems a little tone deaf, but after involuntary manslaughter charges were brought against Alec Baldwin, he and the rest of the production of the movie Rust have resumed filming. Alec is also in an upcoming storm-chasing movie called Supercell, due in theaters March 17th. The trailer is in the watch list at KFDI.com. A new Little Mermaid teaser trailer is out with first looks at Ursula. It hits theaters May 26th. If you are like me, cannot wait for the movie Cocaine Bear, there is an 8-bit video game you can play online, and I'm pretty much going to get nothing done for the rest of the day. And I love the How to Train a Dragon animation franchise. If you do too, good news, there's a new live-action movie coming 2025. Building the watch list, third and final season of Star Trek Picard is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. It's being called some of the best Star Trek in over 20 years. Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania finally in theaters today. Don't forget to stay for the two post-credit scenes. All the law and orders back new tonight on NBC. Tonight, Gordon Ramsay's Next Level Chef settles into its regular night on Fox, followed by the new sitcom Animal Control. FS1 has the twin duels from Daytona starting at 6. Shockers take on Temple, 6 p.m., streamed on ESPN+. Cut. Country. Country. <laughs> One of the stars of the Damn Jam, L. King, opened up in a recent interview about her famous dad, Rob Schneider, and how she wanted to be her own person. You can read about it. In the Country Music Minute, Gary Allen, Tracy Lawrence took to the socials yesterday to announce a new tour. You're traveling to Missouri or Nebraska in May if you want to see them. Thomas Rhett hinting about opening up his own bar, restaurant, and entertainment joint like the rest of his friends in Nashville. But he says it would have to be a place that he would want to go. If you missed out on getting Zach Bryan tickets for the show here in Wichita, he just added more dates after selling out his shows. You can get registered ahead of time to get an email for the Tulsa show August 11th. Zach has been doing it this way to fight high ticket prices. Speaking of those high ticket prices, Ticketmaster and Live Nation just beat a lawsuit because the judge said the plaintiffs and other users who filed the lawsuit clicked the Agree to Terms box provided by the company. Read those terms. Luke Combs, longtime guitarist and song co-writer Rob Williford, announced he is leaving the band. However... He did say the two would continue writing songs together. Keep the country on all day. More country music news at KFDI.com and the 101.3 KFDI app. Great to hear from you again, Steve Shippey, but for a very good reason, Shock Docs Michigan Hell House premieres this Sunday. Travel Channel streaming on Discovery Plus, and uh, I'm excited to talk to you because this is actually how I first discovered you. 
so many years ago. I started watching your stuff on Amazon Prime, and this was one of the one of the episodes I watched, and it was just it was riveting. This is arguably one of the most documented paranormal cases in history. What makes it so scary, Steve? Oh man, that's a great question. Well, you know, I think there's several elements. Um, where do we dive in? I mean, number one, uh, this family was experiencing constant torment for a year straight. I'm talking uh, pounding on the house all day, all night, voices in the house, disembodied voices threatening to kill them, taunting them, saying their name over and over uh, at some point for hours on end. Uh, this graduated to what they referred to and what the police referred to as explosions in the house. Uh, concussions that would uh, crack the plaster, rattle things, damage the home. This went on continuously. Then it got to the point where a series of fires were breaking out in the house. In fact, uh, I have one of the reports here where the state fire marshal declared the origin of one of the fires humanly impossible in nature. Wow. That's terrifying that they came to that conclusion. I mean, where does your mind go when you hear something like that? You know, I, I'm just, you know, imagining it from their perspective, uh, and, and by there I'm, I'm referring to the, the police. So, you know, you got to think what kind of activity was taking place that would compel uh, and keep multiple law enforcement agencies from the local sheriff's department all the way to the Michigan State Police and then high-ranking divisions of the state police continuously investigating for an entire year straight from polygraphs to stakeouts, uh, bringing in ex experts from around the world. Okay, you know, imagine what they were experiencing to go to that extreme and spending that amount of man hours and time. Yeah, certainly. All right, so uh, for you personally, why go back? Well, the reason, uh, the catalyst for going back was when I had first investigated the case uh, for years and uh, years ago, one of the things that I was most intrigued by was finding out that when the police, after an exhaustive year of trying to crack what was happening, when they had to put their hands up and basically admit uh, that this was something otherworldly taking place, they brought out a team from Duke University uh, to come out and study this phenomenon. It was the Cyclical Research Center, and this was what they specialized in. And they went out there. Uh, they had canvassed the area, interviewed multiple people, uh, had audio recorders running at all times, capturing these sounds, these phenomenon, other things. And so knowing that all these reel-to-reel uh, -reel recordings existed somewhere, uh, I was just desperate to find them. And we couldn't find them no matter what we did. We searched high and low. We thought they were basically lost in time. Well, come to find out, we found, that, uh, found these recordings at an archive in a major university uh, that were saved. Uh, and once we got a hold of these tapes and were listening to all these different recordings and got even more and more reports and documents, we found uh, some very critical information that we felt it was time to reopen the case and actually got access to some locations that we thought were the catalysts uh, from what was happening. Yeah, I'm trying not to give away too much, no. but we, <laughs> we kind of hit the... Uh, we kind of hit either okay. with this case, and uh, we had to go back. Yeah, this is going to be well worth watching on Sunday when it premieres on the Travel Channel channel and streaming on Discovery Plus, Shock Docs, Michigan, Hell House. I mean, Merrill, Michigan, uh, where the house is located, pretty much right in the middle of the mitten of Michigan and looks like any other little Midwest town. Did anything in the town contribute to the paranormal activity in this house, Steve? 
Well, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily believe that there was anything in the, in the town, but uh, there were two main theories involved in this case, and, and one of them, as concluded by the uh, parapsychologist team from Duke University, they truly believe that this was poltergeist activity taking place, and if you want, I can go into uh, what that is uh, specifically, and then the, what the family believed, and basically what all the locals believe, is this was something that involved witchcraft and the dark arts and that this family was targeted by somebody that seemed to have a grievance with them. Well, wow. a lot of layers to this. And actually, yeah, I kind of do want to go into it because one of my next questions was, can a poltergeist be a demon or are they two completely different things? Uh, so they're two completely different things. Now, largely what people believe, I mean, first of all, the word poltergeist, it's a German word and it, it means noisy ghost. And uh, typically, Poltergeist activity is very loud and very chaotic. Um, it's a dispersing of energy, so it's objects flying across the room, uh, loud booming sounds, uh, pounding sounds that are in rapid succession, almost without any pattern. It's it just strange, anomalous force. And so the experts believe that poltergeist activity is actually a human phenomenon, hmm. that people that are uh, it's typically, they refer to it as a poltergeist agent, and that would be the person that is kind of subconsciously causing this. So they, they call them the poltergeist agent, and sometimes it has a lot to do with the family dynamic or the group of people living in that home. Uh, maybe there's a lot of stress, negativity, things of that nature, and that these weird uh, anomalous things occur, uh, but it's believed to be more of a human phenomenon. So that was kind of their take on it. Uh, but at the same time, the things that were happening there also seemed intelligent. Um, that being, it was it was responding to the family. It was doing specific things to taunt them over and over again. And uh, so a lot of people believe, no, it's coming from an individual that was claiming to be uh, an ordained witch, quote-unquote, in, in their words, and seemed to have a, a, a very, uh, almost a hatred for these people. Wow. Okay. That is a... There's a lot to unpack there. So with hours and hours of audio and footage, some of the stuff you, you didn't have access to before, has something happened on this case that you've never experienced in all of your years as a paranormal investigator? I would say yes, uh, in several different ways. I mean, you know, number one, um, well, I guess I... And I don't want you to, yeah, I don't want you to reveal too much. I mean, right, you know, right. short, short answer, obviously, but it gives another reason why we should watch this. Because I mean, if if you're experiencing something you've never experienced before, that kind of gives people the idea of how how big this case is. Yeah, and I guess you know, to to get the gravity of the case, I mean, you know, it it just blows my mind when I'm going through several hundred of these reports, and you're seeing the lengths that these law enforcement agencies were going through to try to explain what was happening. You know, uh, before reaching the conclusion that they believed it was supernatural, it was remarkable the things that were being done there. Mm. Um, you know, because at one point they, they truly believed, okay, you know, they know it's happening because these officers are seeing it, hearing it, feeling it, experiencing it. So they thought, okay, well, could this family be doing it? Right. Or maybe they're doing it for attention. We don't know why, but maybe they're doing it. There has to be something rational. So they, you know, they did stakeouts. They bugged the house. Uh, they did everything in their power to see if it could have been them. They realized it wasn't. And then at that point, they thought, well, maybe somebody has rigged this house to torment them. Sure. So they went through the walls, the crawl space, looking for electronics, wires, anything that might explain that. They didn't. Hmm. Uh, even 
looking at natural causes. Could it be a fault line? They brought out a geologist and a seismograph. They even checked for things of that nature. It's actually, it's just fascinating. Yeah, no, it's, it, I, I can't wait to watch it. Um, once again, teamed up with psychic medium Cindy Kaza. What did she help discover on this investigation that you may have missed otherwise? Sure. Well, you know, bringing Cindy in is a great asset. I mean, she, you know, she's going in with a whole different skill set and, and approaching the case vastly different than, than how I go about it. And she was able to really hone in on what was happening in the house and who she believed was behind it, uh, possible motivations for why they were doing it, um, you know, helping, you know, open up and shedding light on different elements to this case to help us focus our our energy and our time on certain things uh, that really kind of help crack the case open. Now, um, how many requests do you get, would you say, annually to investigate paranormal activity? Um, I would annually, I'd say probably around 60 to 70. Okay. Uh, have you seen an increase? Yeah. Like, I, I, I'm curious. Uh, have you seen an increase in paranormal activity and requests and cases since 2020 and all the deaths that surround COVID? Yeah, now that's an excellent question. So the answer is definitely yes. Um, I, I don't know if it if it's a result of the deaths of COVID or not, but certainly uh, around mid 2020, uh, we saw you know it, 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 when I said that 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 number 60 to 70, that's basically within the last 12 months. But 2020 we were at around 100 to 150. Uh, request and you know one theory that I do have, um, I do believe that when people, I mean, number one, people were home more, sure. so that's an interesting thought right there. They were spending way more time in their house, uh, so that could explain why they were noticing things maybe that they weren't noticing before. Right. Um, also, I think a lot of people uh, were very stressed. There was a lot of uh, you know a lot of fear and uncertainty, and I think that. Some of these darker, you know, energies out there, uh, I think that kind of feeds them a little bit. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, ab- absolutely, 100%. Uh, final question, Steve, before I let you go. Uh, this one's kind of for my mom. Um, recently, over the last couple of weeks, she has had stuff go missing out of her little tiny home in New Hampshire. Uh, and she ha- she and her, her, her boyfriend have turned the house upside down looking for this stuff. She's lost a passport, a dustpan, and a bag of pecans. Do ghosts take and hide stuff? Because she thinks it's a ghost. You know, that, she thinks it's a ghost. Yeah. Yes. No, that, that's 100%. Uh, yes, that happens. Actually, that's a very common occurrence uh, that happens. We, we hear that all the time. You know, things will come up missing. We've actually had it happen to us. You know, while we've been investing, investigating a case, we will have things come up missing, sometimes some very pricey gear. Uh, we know we're the only ones there yep. uh, for absolute certainty. We had our cameras running. Uh, nobody came in or out any of the exterior doors, and, and it's just gone. Yeah, yeah. It's gone without a trace, you know, and it, it, it's, it makes no sense, and that's something that really does happen. Yeah, it's nuts. She lives in this tiny little, like, probably seven or 800-square-foot house, and she has searched every square inch of it and can't find it. So anyway, I'll, I'll share that with her. Uh, Steve Shippey, always great talking with you. Uh, every every conversation is always uh, always different and informative. Uh, Shock Docs Michigan Hell House is the documentary uh, it premieres Sunday on Travel Channel, streams on Discovery+. Plus. I encourage you to watch it. I also encourage you to go back and watch some of Steve's earlier stuff, which you can find online. Uh, Steve, till till next time, keep investigating. This is fascinating. All right. Thank you so much for having me. The Michigan Hell House uh, is uh, premiering this weekend. Travel Channel, Discovery+, Plus Sunday night. Steve Shippey, the full interview.
It just popped up on the Facebook pages if you want to go give it a listen. Uh, Jim, uh, you've got a story? I, I don't believe in paranormal or ghosts or anything, but a few years back, uh, I heard some god-awful noise. And I thought, what the heck? You know, and I heard it again. I'm like, man, I never heard that before in the house. So I grabbed my pistol out of the old nightstand, went walking through the house, and it, it just, I never heard it before. And I went down the hallway, and it was dark, and I was looking, and all of a sudden I stepped in something that was mushy, and oh my God. I, just, I kind of let out a scream. My wife hollered, and she goes, Are you okay? And I'm like, Oh my God. And I about shot my foot. Because I thought I stepped in ghost poop. It was such a... Right, we've all seen Ghostbusters. Was, yeah, and it, what it was was the cat hacking up a dang hairball. <laughs> That's the noise I heard. <laughs> well, thank God you don't have an itchy trigger finger. I, but, haven't, I mean, I heard that noise back in 1992 after the 80s. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> well, that, ex- that explains a lot. Here's the thing, Jim. Here's the thing. Interesting story, but here's the thing. I heard this a while back, and it's so true. It's not the idea of being alone in the dark that scares us it's the idea that we're not alone in the dark that scares us exactly right that's why i don't like closet doors halfway open or yes sir yes i saw this article about bedtime routines we all have different ones but we all have a routine whether we know it or not that we perform right before bedtime that helps us or hopefully helps us go to sleep because i've been i've been having a lot of trouble lately getting to sleep and One thing I don't really do a lot of most of the time, most of the time, is stare at my phone within like a half hour of bedtime because, well, they say that's bad. But what do you do? Is it a fan? Is it white noise? Is it, uh, do you have some water before bedtime? Do you have warm milk before bedtime? We're going to build a list to help me and others who are, maybe you, who are having trouble falling asleep at night for those of you who don't for those of you who have this great routine for those of you who have great suggestions on what to do before you fall asleep that one thing that works every time is there a supplement you take melatonin see i'm not completely sold on melatonin it seems like i've tried it a couple times and each time i have to keep on upping my dose my sister takes like 40 milligrams of melatonin i'm like that can't be safe so what do you do what's your what's your bedtime routine what, what is, I'm, I'm afraid to ask. What is your bedtime routine that always gets you to fall asleep? I count the clicks of my heart valve. Okay. That's, that's, that's unique to only a few people, I think. So you count the clicks of your heart valve. Yeah, I have a mechanical heart valve. And you can actually, you, well, you, you feel it click? You can hear it. You can hear it, really? Yep. God, that's fascinating. And what number do you usually get to before you kind of doze off? 500. Okay. All right. So it's, you know, counting sheep is so 80s, right? Nowadays, we'll, ca- we'll count the clicks of our heart valve. Rebecca texting in, go to bed two hours before normal time. Wow. that's So my normal time is like eight, so I'd have to go to bed at six. I'd miss dinner. Another text, to get to sleep at night, I always have a cup of coffee about an hour before I go to bed. Most people drink coffee in the mornings to wake up, not me. Drinking coffee at night helps me relax and unwind and have a good night's sleep. That's crazy. Now, thanks for that, Stephanie. And one more text. Valerian Root. Val- I've never heard of that. I Honestly, that sounds like something out of Star Trek. Captain, I need some Valerian Root. KFDI, what is your best nighttime routine to fall asleep? I sit down in the recliner and watch TV. 
Yeah. Okay. See, that's fair. For me, if I if I really wanted to go to sleep, I would just read an actual book, not listen to an audio book. But there's something about me picking up and touching an actual book, paperback or hardcover. I'll get like three pages in, and I'm gone. Yeah. If I sit down after I get everything done in the evening, which is usually probably around eight eight thirty after my son's in bed, and I sit down and watch TV, and next thing I know, I'm asleep in the chair. Oh, takes you forever just to watch one episode. You have to keep on going back because you forget how it started. <laughs> KFDI, a couple more suggestions to get a good night's sleep. Best plan, best routine to do it if you have trouble falling asleep. Darlene checking in and saying, you know what? Pray. Give it to God. Go to sleep. That or, you know, look, if, if praying's not your thing, meditation, I've heard that's always a good thing. So great suggestion, Darlene. Thank you so much for that. Uh, Karen says, take a very warm wash rag, wipe your face and all the way around your neck and under your chin before you go to bed. It helps relax you. All right. I may have to try that. How fast can you run? Will you escape? Beat the Bobcat on KFDI. Hey there, Tina. Hey. Tina, you are from Wichita. You work over at Holy Cross. Uh, you love playing some dominoes, and uh, when you're not working or playing dominoes, you like to sit in front of the TV and watch a new show called Sisters, yeah? Yep. All right, I'm going to have there's so much content. I'm going to have to put that one on my list, too, because if you say it's good, I'm going to have to check it out. So, uh, yep. let's fo- All right, so let's focus on the here and now. You beating the Bobcat, you helping me start a survivor streak. To do it, I'm going to give you a category. I'm going to yell, run. You're going to take off running as fast as you can. Uh, get 10 things in 20 seconds, and you're going to get that gift card to Fuzzy's Taco Shop, Okay. Okay. All right. So here we go. And this has to do with Wi-Fi. So oh, God. you know, you, know okay. you can, you can. I, be, I believe in you, girl. You can do this. Okay. All right. In, in twenty seconds, name ten things that you own that you would connect to Wi-Fi. Ready? Run. Telephone. Um. Computer. Mm, say television. Say something, Tina. Tina, my goodness, what's going on? Ah! <laughs> no, she went silent. That is terrible. That is tragic. So many choices, really. I mean, you know, you've got wearables like watches, you've got tablets. Time for the eulogy. Please buy your hands. Tina from Wichita tried really hard. But like bad Wi-Fi, she unfortunately buffered. The Bobcat mauled fast like one gig speed. We can assume Portina never suffered. Tatina. Next chance to beat the Bobcat. Friday morning, 8.50 on Everything Country, 101.3 KFDI. Wichita's home for everything country, 101.3 KFDI.